This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hello. Welcome to this qualification meeting. I am a food addict from Massachusetts, and I am your leader for this hour. Well, I I guess I should start with my numbers. It seems always a a good place to start. Uh, I've been in FA for uh, going on 16 years. Uh, My top weight was about... 220 pounds, which is about 55 pounds more than I weigh today. And it wasn't my weight or my appearance that got me into the program. It was my uh, blood pressure. And I'll talk about that as I go through my story. But that's basically it. I'm, I came in for not my vanity, but my health. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you the ending right now. I'm very healthy today. So, all right. Uh, so I'll start at the beginning. There's not much to say because I was not a food addict in my youth. Uh, I was uh, brought up in a small family uh, to uh, pretty darn effective parents. They, they worked hard at being good parents, and I think they succeeded. Uh, I didn't really appreciate that until I did a program for a while and looked back. I think they probably were better parents to me than I were to my kids. Uh, but uh, so not not responsible for my food addiction, you know. Uh, I had an interesting characteristic, though, is that is uh, I would eat everything put in front of me and then go back for seconds. And uh, this was not uh, considered a bad thing at all. My mother uh, was heaped praise on me. I, I'm sure every, I think it reflected on her cooking to some extent. And I was thin. So I just had a great appetite. Uh, this appetite never went away, even later on in life when I was eating more food than, you know, than I could burn off. I could not alter that. I seem to have been born missing something, uh, some mechanism in my stomach or whatever that says, oh, that's enough. I don't have it. I don't have it today. Uh, I would just eat, eat, eat. And then uh, uh, when I started feeling uncomfortable, that would be time to, to stop or ran out of food, I suppose. But usually it was uncomfortable. And, you know, I went outside and ran it off. Uh, of course, today I weigh and measure everything I eat. And uh, that, uh, so that problem is gone. Uh, so, so, you know, that's probably all I need to say about my youth. I think my, my problem, my, my food addiction, my disease, really had its beginning in college. I, I, was, I went to a military school. And I was not really cut out for it. I mean, I, I, it wasn't, I wasn't. We started off with 1,300, and we dropped 500. 500 were either uh, flunked out or were thrown out. So it was a pretty high-pressure place, to, to say the least. And uh, I was just barely coping. I mean, barely coping. Uh, studying uh, underneath my blankets when they turned the lights out, uh, barely passing, uh, Collecting demerits like you wouldn't believe. I was just a demerit magnet. You know, I just, I, the one year I was allowed 200, I had managed to rack up about 180. 
I got to tell you, I wasn't trying. You know, I had some classmates who would decide to have a beer in town, went over the wall. They were trying, right? If they got caught, they were in big trouble. No, it's just, you know, oh, illegal studying and uh, uh, shoes not quite shine. It was just, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of dating myself. There used to be a cartoon called Little Abner, and there was this, some people in the room probably remember it. There was a guy who used to walk around with a, a cloud over his head, and it was always raining just on him. And that's kind of kind of uh, how it, I think. But you see, he started there because I, I became a, a worrier, a very fearful person, and that's that's one bad thing. And the next bad thing is I became an agnostic. I went in with a, you know, as a religion of my youth, and so I no longer have a higher power at this point. But I was thin. I have to tell you that. But I think really that's the beginning of my food addiction right there is those two things, a, uh, a lack of a higher power and, uh, and uh, a definite uh, uh, tendency to worry. So I was in the Navy for a while, got out, got married and so forth. My disease started taking off. I was worrying to the point where I would uh, often be up in the middle of the night thinking about what was going to happen that day for one or two hours in the middle of the night. I would wake up in the morning and thinking about the day, start dry heaving. Actually, that's just really a terrible thing. Even before I had breakfast, nothing in my stomach and I am throwing up, all stress, all worry. Uh, and I did, if you'd asked me, I would, first of all, I wouldn't have said I was fear, I was fearful. I would have said, oh, I worry. Yeah. Or, I'm very concerned. I'm a very dedicated employee, you know, uh, I would have rationalized it to some extent. Uh, it was pure fear. I know that today because I know I don't live that way today. So, I mean, I can, looking back, it'll, seeing how I live life today or seeing how I live life then, it was clear to me I was just a very, very fearful person. And, uh, of course, the resentment came, uh, 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 certainly uh, towards my wife and family. I, uh, I uh, you know, I thought, I thought I could improve both of them. You know, I had a... So I was, uh, it didn't work, trust me. If anyone's ever tried it, you know it doesn't work. I was telling my wife how she should do this or that. And my daughter, I remember my daughter got her tattoo. Oh, man, I, that was, it was a little tiny peace symbol in her arm. It was hardly anything. And oh, my gosh, if you can't do this. After a little bit of that, about a week, two, week or two later, later, it had a circle around it with wings, you know. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I, you just, uh, so it wasn't working. I, and, I, and, and now my second part of my food, food disease kicks in. I started not just eating three huge meals, but now I started eating in between meals and after my dinner, and clearly it was escape. It was uh, something pleasant to do. You know, if I wasn't pleased with uh, what's going on in my house or if I was more likely, really worried about what was happening at my work. Well, I want to escape from that, and uh, I turned to food. You know, so I was eating huge meals, and then I was eating uh, in between meals, and especially after dinner. Uh, and, and of course, you go to stomach, you go to you go to bed with a stomach full like that is not very pleasant. And uh, I was buying anti-acid two or three containers at a time, and just going through them, just. Uh, I'd have a hard time getting to sleep. My stomach was so uh, full of an acid, acid attack and so forth. It was just uh, not good. 
this guy gives you an idea, idea of what it was like, like, like at that point. And uh, then I started going to, uh, uh, every year I was going in for my annual physical. And as I got into my 40s, the doctor said, you know, you're gaining weight every year and your blood pressure is going up. So I really, you know, if you lose some weight, that you're going to be, you, you'll be okay. But if you don't, then we could run into some issues here. And the next year, same thing. You know, and I'm sure when he gave me, his, he was a very competent doctor, and he was very eloquent, and uh, I, I trusted him and his judgment. And I'm sure I, I wanted to follow his advice. One problem, though, I'm a food addict, and uh, you know, I can. Uh, I'm sure I, I walked out of it. I don't remember so many years ago, but I, I, I'm guessing I probably walked out of the office saying, okay, I'll, you know, more chicken, less beef, uh, you know, some kind of a plan. It just doesn't work. I I had uh, in the past gone, used two commercial weight programs and lost weight. To, oh, fantastic. I probably got down to what I weigh today twice easily. You know, I, I ate... Halfway sane for a few months, uh, you know the the, the applause I, I got from the groups, you know, and uh, you know reach uh, the end and declare victory, and maybe I, I maintain that healthy weight for a week or two, and then you know I start putting one bad habit in, then the next bad habit, and when I got all the bad habits back in, all the weight came back on. So this is what where I was but now. My, my last year uh, out there, uh, I was 49, and uh, my, my mother-in-law had passed away. We were taking care of my father-in-law, and he had uh, uh, pretty advanced intestinal cancer. It was, uh, uh, turned out to be, uh, you know, fatal, but he, he was alive and well at that point. And so he was living with us while we tried to fatten him up. So we found, we got all of his favorite foods, which we wouldn't normally eat, very high calorie, and we're putting out there in front of him. Well, you know, he, he <laughs> I'm sure he ate some of it. Uh, I put on a quick 20, quick 20 pounds, and then uh, I knew something was wrong. I don't know if anyone has ever had uh, untreated high blood pressure. You know, without, you're not taking any medication for it. It's just there. But you, you don't feel right. You feel something's off. And uh I'd feel a little dizzy, or I'd, I'd start doing some uh, uh, heavy uh, exercise, and I would uh, feel faint. And uh, there was something I got, was doing some warning signs. So the hell, so it's time for my annual physical. I go in, and uh, he weighs me, and I'm up twenty, up about my highest weight, about two twenty, and my blood pressure was something over one sixteen. I remember the lower number because he wasn't that excited about the upper number. I'm so lucky. I got to tell you how lucky I am. This doctor was a little bit unconventional because the the rational, sane, appropriate thing for him to have done was, here's your prescription, here's your pills, see you in a year. And I'm sure there are doctors out there who would do exactly that, and nobody would criticize them, right? It seems appropriate. This doctor said to me, you've been coming for years, this is unacceptable. Your weight is unacceptable. He said it very diplomatically, by the way. I put a little drama into it, but this is definitely the message. No question, I'm giving you the right message. And 
uh, he gave me a chart to fill out. It was uh, gait, uh, weight, blood pressure, the initials of the person doing it, which would have been a nurse. And I had to keep fill that out for two months before I could come back from my uh, my, my uh, backup uh, doctor's appointment with him. And I, either I or the nurse had to call it into his nurse, and she was keeping duplicate records. He got my attention. You know, I, I, I think I think I became a food addict right then, in the sense that I knew I had a problem, I knew I had to lose the weight, and more important, and very, very different, different situation here, I had to keep it off, and I knew I couldn't do that. I knew I could lose the weight because I proved that to myself a few times, but I, I had absolutely no uh, you know, belief that I could keep the weight off, so I think I'm a food addict at that point. And, uh, I've obviously hit a low uh, there, and shortly after that, I, I there was a uh, public service announcement in the paper for for another twelve step food group, and I saw it, you know, and I don't think I would have seen it if the doctor hadn't gotten me my eyeballs tuned up, and you know, I was I was it was just I, I was ready for it, so I. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I got in, and uh, life started getting better. I lost about uh, 40 pounds, and uh, my blood pressure dropped into to the normal range. And, uh, and you know, I, uh, I definitely was getting getting a better life. Uh, after a while, my wife uh, joined FA. And I was intensely curious, so I went and tried it out, and uh, I decided it was uh, probably, a, a, you know, it was my opinion, it was going to be a stronger, more more effective program. So I joined it. It was a tough decision to make. I was, but I did it, and uh, oh, I uh, my my life has been transformed slowly and gradually. Uh, uh, Instead of getting up in the morning and barfing about what might happen, I do a half hour of quiet time. That's quite a difference. Uh, there's that. And also, I became less fearful. It, it, mostly it happened incrementally. Uh, you could hardly notice. Uh, I do remember, though, one a big moment where uh, a, a speaker who I respected, she'd been around for a long time, got up and she said, you know, I've got no control of what other people say and do. They're going to do it, and they're going to say it, and after they've said it or done it, I react. You know, I must have said the, the, uh, the acceptance prayer just enough times or gone to just enough meetings that I got it, you know. I kind of, that was kind of a spiritual awakening. I got it. I got the next day. Everything was slightly different. I I uh, had one of those meetings I used to stay up nights for, and uh, I just made sure my work was done. You know, I was an underwriter at the time, and the salesman often asked for things I could not possibly ever do, you know. I wasn't worried about it. I waited for him to ask it. What After he asked it, I'd figure out how I was going to react. You know, I didn't. I, I slept right through the night the night before. It was, I knew everything was different. Everything was different. You know, it's, uh, what was happening was, that I would describe it now as incrementally. In that, that case, it was, wasn't really even incremental. It was kind of a, a big one. 
I was replacing fear with faith. I was just, you know, I was had faith in my higher power, faith that, uh, just an overall faith that everything will work out eventually, you know. Everything will work out. Don't have to worry about it. And uh, life was so totally different when I did that. As far as my resentments, and uh, uh, I got into uh, lots of AWOLs, one after the other. And every time I passed through an AWOL, I felt like I, my resentments were less, my fears were less, my resentments towards my daughters I kept working on and working on. Uh, uh, one daughter in particular, I was I struggled with a lot. Uh, she's a free spirit, does nothing illegal, nothing immoral, lives a totally different life than most people. She's eccentric. And it drove me up a wall. You know, she decided she didn't like her job and quit it and go get another job, or she decided she didn't like where she lives, she'd go someplace else. And um, so I worked on that and worked on that. So then she'd do something else, and I'd get a resentment. It's like was like whack-a-mole. I mean, we see that game where you... So, uh, I had two, two, uh, two things. They happened at different times. One, about 10 years ago, I, had a, I was doing a fifth step with a... And I, I, I said, why do I keep... You know, thank you for helping me get past these resentments, but why do I keep getting them? And he said, gave me the first revelation. He said, well, you're her father. You probably feel you're responsible for her, her actions. You know, I don't know if it's ever happened to you where someone reveals something to you that you were completely unaware of. And it's just, oh, it's, well, I, I knew he was right. And that helps a lot. And that helped an awful lot. But the, I finally, finally, finally got completely over this year. I want you to, this is, this is amazing. I've been, I've been doing that 12-step programs for now for 25 years. And in the last year, I've gotten past some some uh, resentments uh, and fears. And this, uh, this is a fear. Uh, I had to analyze the resentment I had towards her. And as part of the, uh, uh, with a little help from my, from my sponsor, some other people, what, it, what came out was I feared for her future, especially after she retired. You know, no income, so forth, uh, limited income. Uh, you know, that's looking at, her through my eyes, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, I'm a, I would, yeah, my priorities were different. So I, you know, I have a retirement fund and so forth. It was transformational because now all, all I had to do was get past the fear. And when I, I just looked around, saw all these people on limited income that were happy, people, you know, could hardly scratch two coins together that had a life and had, had friends and were, you know, go out doing things and, I got past it. Guess what? Resentment's totally gone. And, uh, uh, you know, it's been transformational. My, my daughters, uh, 25 years ago, we'd see them holidays and we were certainly cordial and so forth and said all the right things. And as, uh, as, uh, my, my, I got into the program, got less and less self-centered and less and less resentful towards them or anybody else and liked myself more and more. We see a lot of our daughters now. They come around all the time, and, and, this, and this is a joy. And it's just, this is highly desirable to me and my wife. You know, we uh, doesn't have to be a holiday. Uh, uh, what a gift that is! What a gift that is!
You know, I've heard this said, and it's such a beautiful quote. I'm not, I forget who to give credit for. I'm just going to say it. That I came into program for the vanity or for my health, for physical recovery. That's why I came. Now, here's the question. Why do I stay? Why do I stay? I say, oh, well, so because if you leave, you'll put the weight back on and have high blood pressure and probably a lot of other health issues. Yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, that, that, that's a good reason to, to, keep, to keep coming, but uh, I think a bigger reason for me is what I've noticed, I can't help noticing, is the longer I stay in program, the more, especially the, the more I work the 12 steps, the better and better my life gets. You know, the more and more serenity I find, the better, less self-centered I become, the more relationships uh, improve. Uh, uh, that's a powerful reason to hang around. I'm so grateful to, to, to be in this program. Uh, I will tell you what, what happened first was after I first started believing in prayer, not necessarily believing in God, but I... I, I, uh, I had some chances to do some experimental prayer. You know, I, I was having trouble. I remember that the first big one was I was, my mother was, uh, I was taking care of her financial needs and doing chores around, and she was profoundly deaf at this point, and uh, I was repeating everything twice, and I was tired, and I, got, I did, you know, I'd worked all day, and here I was repeating everything twice, and uh, I felt bad about it because I was kind of short with her. You know, I was showing a little attitude about it. So I never, well, this, all, all my fellow uh, 12 steppers are do, doing all this prayer. I'll try, I'll experiment. So I'll go into a dark room, not going to tell anybody, and I'll get down and I'll pray for patience with my mother. Hey, no harm can come, right? If nothing happens, nobody's going to know. And I, you know, I, and it was pretty passionate because I really wanted it. And uh, so I went to visit her the next week, you know, and I fixed her hearing aids and I did her bills and played some cards with her. And I realized I couldn't mind repeating everything. And I, you know, I, I kind of realized it more driving away than while it was actually happening. Oh, my gosh. That got me into a habit of praying. I, I prayed... I prayed mostly for uh, uh, personality change, for attitude change. I didn't pray to win the lottery or anything like that, you know, and my prayers kept getting answers. I, I really believed in in, uh, in prayer. I decided it was, it was some psychological thing that made it work. Then uh, I was uh, doing doing a spiritual exercise, and we were, we were working on the uh, We Agnostic chapter in the big book, and we got to, uh, I, I'm sure I read this many, many, many times, but uh, our, our leader of our group was, when he got to this point, he really made a point of it. Here's, here's the, uh, the statement. There either is a God or there isn't. It's a yes or no question. It's either yes or it's either no. Which is it? And I... I didn't dodge, well, who knows, can't tell, not enough evidence, but nope, nope. I decided that it was a legitimate question. And I had to decide to either be a believer or an atheist. That was the choice. 
And I thought, I can't be an atheist. There's no conceivable way I could be an atheist after seeing the wonders of the world and uh, uh, everything I see in these rooms might be an example. Everything I see in the garden, everything I see in, in nature. So uh, it's been, it has been transformational. What a difference in my quiet time. What a difference in my prayer when I believe that I'm, I'm actually praying to a higher power, which I can't define or explain. You know, it's... Uh, it's definitely transform me. I love that word. It's, I think it, it fits uh, people in recovery, transformational. The promises say it. My experience with myself says it. Just listening to everybody in the rooms tells me it's true that if I hang around and do everything I'm supposed to do, uh, this program uh, will uh, transform me. And everybody else. Uh, uh, so I'm. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful journey, and uh, I'm going to close you with that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about food addicts in recovery anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.